Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. That's crazy. I remember those toys well. Uh, it's Arlo. It is Arlo. It is Arlo. You, you mentioned Sorry. Taco Bell in the 90s and Arlo appears. <laughs> Seriously, I'm pretty sure that Amber and I are keeping the Northeast Ohio Taco Bells in business single-handed. Excellent. Guys, it's been over two years since we did an episode of this. Holy shit, really? Yeah. Our last episode was uh, published on January 5th, 2018. <clears throat> so what are we doing? Like... Did we ever figure that out? No, we're just going to wing it, man. Cool. We're, we're, fuck it, we're doing it live. That's exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be any structure. I mean, I guess we're just going to talk about, like, our our memories of Avatar. We can talk about a bunch of stuff, but obviously this is it's all about the 15th anniversary, so. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean crap this show used to have an intro right i genuinely don't remember what the intro of this podcast was um i don't know let's just wing it uh it was hello and welcome to the avatar returns my name is paul and here's two chodes all right that works (laughs) there's your intro uh wow that was amazing that was sounded just like me too um yeah well, you know what? Let's just get, let's just, there's no countdown. Let's, we'll just do it. So yeah, uh, you probably just heard Arlo do a spot on imitation of me, uh, doing his best recollection of the intro to this podcast. But, uh, I think I mean, it look, Paul, I've known you for 15 years at this point. Uh-huh. I've got your voice down pretty much Pat. I mean, you practically are me at this point. Uh, you're not wrong. We, we share a consciousness, which is the mm. most tragic and horrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, random listeners who have just turned in, tuned in for no reason have no idea what's going on here. But uh, yeah, welcome. This is The Avatar Returns. The Avatar Returns Returns, which I'm sure is a joke that we made at some point over the the spotty release schedule of this show in its original run. But what I heck? think we did that several times. Yeah, I'm a hack. So, so it's I'll, like The I'll Avatar Returns 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 yes yeah yeah hey hey, guys guys i got got kind of a question why why are why are we back (laughs) because 15 years ago today and by today i mean if i get it together and have this edited by uh february 21st uh but 15 years ago so on february 21st 2005 a little show called avatar the last airbender premiered on uh on a little-known children's television network, Nickelodeon. Actually, I have no idea how well Nickelodeon was known in 2005. I think it was pretty big. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul, I am a child of the 90s. Okay. Nickelodeon was 
giant in the 90s. Okay, all right. Well, it didn't really exist before Avatar, but whatever. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> That's true. You know, Rugrats, Rocco's <laughs> Modern Life. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Hey, Arnold. I mean, until we do a, an entire podcast about the full run of Rocco's Modern Life, that show means nothing to me. Dude, <laughs> dude, I would be so down kn- for that. I knew I you would be. I don't love that. No. <laughs> I knew you no. would be. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we are three chuckleheads that like Avatar. So my name is Paul Smith. I'm one of your three hosts. Uh, I'm joined by guys, whoever wants to introduce themselves. I'm Eric Sippel. I think I'm supposed to go second. I See this? I remember the intro mm-hmm. now. We screwed yeah. it up all the time. and We would have to re-record it over and over again because one of us wouldn't come in. Yeah, I'd always um, say, I'm Paul Smith, and uh, I'm joined by, and then there'd be a long silence while you guys were like, oh, wait, we're supposed to say something now, right? <laughs> so anyways, I'm Eric Sipple, guest number two for this show. I'm uh, I'm the other chode. Uh, I am Arlo Wiley, and the novelty of this podcast used to be that I was the the noob i was the guy who had never seen avatar or the legend of korra and so all of my fresh insights were um you know belittled and <laughs> smashed into dust by the by, by my wizened peers yeah. um especially still, especially the fact that you liked the prison episode that prison episode man <laughs> Uh, I was actually thinking about that earlier. I don't even really remember the prison episode at this point. It really is just a bit. I, I genuinely don't even remember anything about that episode. And, and for a brief second, I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Boiling Rock is a good episode. Yeah. No, it's the other prison episode. That's the one that R.O.L. liked. <laughs> That's the title of it, right? The other prison episode? Even though it was chronologically the first prison episode, they knew it would be as well received as the next one. <laughs> I think I, hey, think, I, didn't I, we... I want you all to know that on honor of this being the 15th anniversary of Avatar, that I have chosen a classic cocktail. I'm always drinking during yeah. these, yes. always, and I chose a very important classic cocktail to represent Avatar for the night. It is a Negroni, and that may not sound like it represents the Avatar, but it consists of gin, which is clear, representing air. It has um, sweet vermouth, which is brown, representing earth. It has Campari, which is red, representing fire. And ice, obviously, representing water. <laughs> that, that is... is so thoughtful. That's incredible. Wow. I'm here. I bro- this is the only skill I bring to the show. I had to get it out right now. That's it. I'm done. So... I mean, I, I'm drinking uh, an ice-cold glass of uh, Diet Sunkist. Um, which that's, that is a classic in its own right, right there. That's orange in that like Eng's little capy shawl thing was also orange. So, and it's ice cold. So boom, bitches, basically the same thing. I'm drinking cabbage juice. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I wish you were. I wish wish you were. I didn't know we were theming our beverages tonight. Uh, I went, so we did a, we did a podcast about a children's, a quote-unquote children's animated series on on Nickelodeon that originally aired on Nickelodeon. Um, And we did not worry about making it uh, PG. We did not worry about making it actually like all ages appropriate. We cursed all the time on this silly podcast. Real Uh, quick, I love that just like 
in the old school Ronald D. Moore post Battlestar Galactica podcast, you can just hear Eric's ice clinking yeah. in his glass. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, since we didn't bother, like, censoring ourselves we cursed uh like sailors your this negroni uh branding that you've pulled off i really i put a lot of thought into it i was like thinking what because i remember pretty close to the end of avatar i remember like i would i would drink like a smoky um scotch for to rep when it was a fire heavy episode or something (laughs) and 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 i really didn't know what to do with this one and i i was just flipping through cocktails and i was like well shit this has everything. This has all the four elements together. It is the avatar of cocktails. So that's what I got to make. It needs to be renamed the Avatar State. <laughs> I'm going to make my own version of a Negroni called the Avatar State. That's Excellent. actually a really good idea. Excellent. Actually, I, I'm using a different type of sweet vermouth called Punta Maze, which is not standard to be used in this. So I think I'm just going to tweak this a little bit with the Punta Maze, and I'm going to make this the Avatar State. That's the drink I'm making. That's beautiful. Love nice. That we should beautiful. we should post the recipe on our website and the Gobbledy Geek Parent website. We should, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll we'll need to get those ingredients from you again at the end. You'll have to give us a very carefully measured uh, recipe. I'll, I'll I'll do it. Actually, I will tell everyone right now. We're gonna put it in the episode, but it is one ounce of gin, one ounce of Punta Maze, one ounce of Campari. Pour it over ice. Stir. Um, you can garnish it with an orange if you want to go with adding in Arlo's weird beverage idea into it, which I think is fair. Um, and it becomes the Avatar State. That is beautiful. I oh, love it, man. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we've uh, done what we set out to do, so we can call the show. <laughs> no, it's a good good reunion, guys. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Um, two years, man. Two years since we put on an episode of this. Uh, we kind of ended midstream. Uh, we we planned to continue by discussing the ongoing comics that were spinning out of the animated series, and we left off with the first of the three uh, volumes of the Korra comic that came out. And uh, none of yeah. us none of us were huge fans of that first part of that first volume, and then we just never bothered to come back and record volumes two and three. So. Yeah, so I think it was a combination of things. I think it was that um, none of us were really that hot on the first volume, and then life, as it does, found a way, (laughs) by which I mean it found a way to fuck everything up. Um, So it just, it was, once we got out of the rhythm of it, uh, it was tough to get the the band back together. Um, For what it's worth... If we could find the time and willingness to do it, I would be totally down with with doing the rest of the Korra comics. Well, I I want to talk about that, but uh, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit because I I, I have some ideas. I ha- I agree with you, and I have some ideas for how we could make that work. But before we do that, since uh, people may in fact be tuning into this not for us losers, but just uh, to reminisce about the actual show, um, I guess maybe we should just talk about our feelings about the series now, two years removed, or or more technically, since uh, we continued beyond Avatar into Korra, but um, over two years since at least I have revisited Avatar The Last Airbender. I don't know if you guys have seen it, have watched it since, but... I have, to be perfectly honest, I have not watched a single episode 
of Avatar since we finished the podcast discussion of it. And I've not watched a single episode of Korra since we went through that. I rewatch the last two or three episodes of Korra more often than I want to admit. But otherwise, <laughs> that's pretty much what I rewatched. Yeah. Well, all right. So for those who have not listened to this podcast from the very beginning, the original premise was Eric and I were both already fans of Avatar and Korra. We had both already seen both shows. Uh, and we wanted to do a discussion podcast uh, about both of those. And we stole a page from Arlo's book. Arlo had done a podcast called Smoke It's In Your Ears, a Mad Men podcast. And on that. Which, by the way, I feel like important update for all you Mad Men heads out there. That's what fans of Mad Men are called. Okay. Um, sure. I have in my possession every episode. <laughs> of smoke it's in your ears a mad men podcast it's no longer on itunes but i was able to retrieve all of the data so at some point it could be available okay well all three of us need to talk about this after the show because i know eric also has uh eric did a podcast called making the scene um and eric you and i talked about this on another podcast recently that uh, that is also no longer available and you're trying to find a way to make that available again Yes. I, yes. I was involved in a podcast, somebody else's project, but I was involved in a podcast called The Podcast Where It Happens, where we went through the entire uh, Hamilton playlist one song at a time, uh, which was a fantastic project. That also has kind of dropped off of out of sight. It is still available, but you have to look for it. Anyways, through the, po through the process of trying to find the Podcast Where It Happens episode for somebody who was asking, I've learned there is a there's a an alternative method that uh, you guys might both want to look into so we can talk about that afterwards. all right okay anyways um yeah so the original premise the the page that we stole from um smoke it's in your ears a madman podcast was on that show Arlo, it was arlo and our friend ken edwards who had both seen madman uh they were both fans of the show and then uh our friend uh joseph lewis who had not ever watched Mad Men was the third guest on that show. And so basically they would review episodes um, trying to get a newbie's perspective, um, basically uh, chronicling Joe's journey through the world of Mad Men from the beginning to the end. And uh, that was a fun premise. And so we did that for Avatar where um, Eric and I were the seasoned fans and Arlo had never seen a single episode before. And so we basically got to pick his brain and watch him grow into uh, a rabid fan of the world of Avatar. Yeah. Uh, and it was fun. Uh, that was a, that was a, an amazing experience. I kind of wish we could recapture that magic. So I think since Arlo, you're not a newbie anymore, we don't need you. It's so, true. I think we need to dump you and Eric and I need to find somebody else who has never watched the show. And we'll just start over from the beginning. I mean, honestly, respect. That's what I would do. No, this is the wrong thing. We need to just redo the show over and over again, constantly adding people. And so <laughs> we have four on the next run and then we'll just keep going until like 15 or 20 people. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm, ha I'm having nightmares of audio issues right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, Arlo, since you were most recently the noob, as was our tradition uh, while we were discussing the show in the first place, I'm going to start with you. Uh, how do you feel about Avatar now, two years removed from the last time we discussed it? 
oh boy um i still consider it one of my favorite shows um i really loved the journey that i got to go on from uh enjoying the show because i liked it from the very first episode but it was still one of those things and i'm almost embarrassed to admit this at this point but i i was still in the frame of mind of like this is good but i mean it's a it's a nickelodeon show like <laughs> I, I i don't know how much i'm going to be able to invest in this i mean it's no and it's no rocco's martin life it's i you're you're telling me um but uh no, I, I, yeah, I, by the end of it, I was absolutely a huge fan, and Zuko, who I really disliked um, <laughs> at the beginning of the show, not just in the way that, you know, oh, he does shitty things, so I dislike him, but just I was really annoyed by that whole character. Um, by the end of it, he was my favorite character. I think we had a running joke where we called it uh, the Zuko show. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I absolutely loved uh, Avatar, and I know that's the show that we're here to talk about, but I, I I have met a number of people who are on the fence about watching Legend of Korra, or who only watched a little bit of it, and it just didn't feel the same as Avatar, so they dropped it. Um, I enjoyed, overall, I enjoyed Korra even more than I enjoyed Avatar, which is saying a lot. So I really recommend to you if you are a fan of Avatar and you just you weren't sure Korra was your speed or you just couldn't get interested in it. Um, I strongly recommend watching that and importantly, so importantly, getting over the season two hump. <laughs> season one is season one is super good. Season two is not super good, but then three and four that's where it's at. Wow, this bumps up against a conversation that Eric and I were having off mic before you joined us, Arlo, about how uh, how fascinating it is that it seems like in the worlds of in the world of television, um, sophomore slump really isn't a thing because typically the second season of a long running show tends to be a lot of people's favorite. Like usually, season two is better than season one. And uh, for the most part, I, I don't know. I think they're. I, I I was not prepared to have this discussion, so I don't have my references. But I, f I feel like there are definitely some shows that fall victim to the sophomore slump. Yeah, well. it happens, but it's usually shows that have exceptionally good first seasons. But it, yeah. it's interesting because, like, if you look at like a lot of shows that were successful long term, season two pops up as people's favorite season an awful lot. Um, and and Cora definitely bucks that trend. It it goes. It actually does the thing that is the most uncommon, which is that its last season is its best season. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually by a far margin, in my opinion, too, not just in the it's the ending. So it kind of gets the ending bump up. Season four is just like a superlative season of television. It has maybe the best Avatar villain of the entire run. It has great storylines. It has the PTSD storyline, which is still my like the thing that when anyone is is not a Korra lover, I'm like, but it has the most important like hero journey plot ever mm -hmm. with her. And I'm, and it's everything there, but so yes, Korra really goes the opposite direction on that. Um, and I was actually thinking, comparing it to, um, cause even angel in a lot of ways, season two is often thought of as angels best season. Although I think season five is its best. Mm -hmm. um, totally but agree. that's my, 
but that is my um, but that is another one of my like I like the spinoff better type things. So yeah. the spinoffs don't always play by the same rules. Oh yeah, yeah. But, nice caveat. Spinoffs get their own rule set. <laughs> but but yeah. So uh, overall, I absolutely loved watching Avatar, and I got really excited because my wife recently. Um, that's another thing. I don't think I was married the last time we did. You were not. You were not. <laughs> so I'm married now. Um, my wife, uh, we, we uh, have taken a break from. Uh, we were, you know, binging shows that because my my wife somehow exists in like a a, a pop culture, not a pop culture free bubble, but she just she spent her formative years doing like adventurous and interesting things instead of, <laughs> you know, watching every TV show she could think of or reading every comic book. So, <laughs> so there are a lot of things that I love that she has next to no knowledge of. Uh, so we were going through some of those shows. Uh, we wrapped up uh, Veronica Mars, <clears throat> excuse me, around the time the Hulu season came out. And then we decided to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. But recently she, um, she asked me if our next show could be Avatar. Oh wow! Like totally unprompted. And, and wow. Avatar is Avatar is one of the ones that she has seen a little bit of, um, because uh, she has a younger sister, and so when the show was on for the first time, her sister uh, would watch it. So she has seen bits and pieces of it, but yeah, just out of nowhere, she asked if that could be our next show that we watch. So I am. Uh, Amber can join the podcast. There you go. There we go. There's there's the Avatar returns, returns, returns. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, and we'll get uh, the the desperately needed female perspective when yeah. we when we start this uh, the the four person version of the show. All right. Um, so Eric, you're next. Uh, how do you feel about it two years later? I mean, so this is two years four years later, I guess, since I watched it before, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, it's still one of my favorite things. I'm, I, it's been interesting how avatar kind of like comes back up in my mind on, in various pop culture conversations. Cause it's one of those shows that is like extremely beloved, but doesn't have the kind of like cultural penetration of like really, really popular things. So a lot of times I'm like comparing things to avatar that people just haven't seen the show, which is why Cora's final season ran on the internet and nowhere else so um but like i mean it's been interesting going into this stuff like you know watching the end of star wars and you know the entire conversation around bendemption with um kylo ren is i i feel like it's impossible for me to have it without talking about zuko absolutely you know like but almost no one has zuko as a touch point that i talk to other than people that i'm like that happen to have come across the show so it's hard but like how do how do you talk about like what, whether you like it or not and what's good about it or not good about it without talking about Zuko, which is like maybe the best of the villain redemptions that you could ever have. So things like that are always <clears throat> kind of like bubbling around in my head when things come up. And then and and then we get like news of things like I know we'll talk about it later, but like that I, I guess they're actually making a live action um, Avatar TV series for Netflix. I think it's like cast and stuff, maybe. I don't. So yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about it. It, it, it but like it's just like so the, the conversation always like finding weird ways 
of bubbling back into my life, either through actual news or thinking about how it compares to other shows. Um, so it's still very present in my mind, which I think is obviously having gone through the entire show, I still loved it. That was given. But I think the real staying power of something important is when you see something else, the things you reach to to compare it to are the things that are really important to you. And Avatar and Korra especially are still just absolutely right there. That is an excellent point. The Zuko redemption storyline, uh, which spread out over three seasons of television instead of being handled uh, last minute in a single film, uh, is a touchstone. I like yeah, just like you, Eric, there's a lot of things. I, so I have two things that frequently bring Avatar back up to mind. I would love to say that I've, I've done like a deep dive. I've rewatched the show. I've, I've written analyses or whatever. That's not the case. Uh, like you, Eric, there are the many times where I'm watching something and, and uh, I have to draw comparisons between whatever it is and something from Avatar, um, which happens a fair bit. And then there's also the, the fact that I have uh avatar tattoos um which get commented on very frequently when i'm out in public um just recently uh pam and i were out of town celebrating my birthday and the hotel that we were staying at uh, the woman at the front desk happened to notice the tattoos on my hand and she was like oh my god are those avatar tattoos and anytime that happens which is a fair a fair bit it's fairly often um it, it it almost always sparks up a conversation. I almost always have to say, like, like even if someone just says, oh, those are cool tattoos, I always have to say, do you know what they are? <laughs> and it, it always prompts at least a brief conversation about the show, which always prompts at least a brief mention of this podcast, um, which usually prompts me handing out one of the business cards for this podcast that I have printed out. Um, so yeah, between those two things happening, uh, someone mentioning the tattoos or me watching a show that reminds me of Avatar. Uh, Avatar is on my mind a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, I, I'm terrible about noticing when like anniversaries or, or whatever uh, are coming up for things. So it's just fortunate that somebody on social media, and I don't remember where I first saw him, but somebody fairly recently tweeted or Facebooked or whatever that, uh, that this year is the 15th anniversary of avatar. And I was like, well, here's the excuse. Finally, I've been trying yep. to find an excuse to bring this podcast back. We really, if nothing else, we have to do an episode just for the 15th anniversary. So thank goodness for whoever that was. Um, yeah. So we're back. Um, yeah, I'm, I've been I've been digging through Korra stuff. I'm really sorry to break in, but I think this is how this episode is just going to go. I was like looking through the cast of Avatar and Korra, uh -huh. um, and I just had this moment. So I was telling Paul and I off mic earlier. We're talking about a show I started watching recently. Uh, You're the worst. Um, he said, Arlo, oh. he said you might watch it. If you watch You're the Worst, oh, I am a huge fan of that show. Okay, so apparently Becca on You're the Worst, who is like the um one of the character's sisters and is just like a nightmare human being is the voice of Cora. Oh yeah. 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 Janet, Janet Varney. I had no clue. I've been watching this show for like the last couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Actually, I'm in season two right now. Holy shit. Yeah. She so anyways, is, you should go watch your, the worst. It's, it's, it's gotten show. to the point now where like, I have started to recognize her more cause she, she's a comedian. I've started recognizing her more from comedy stuff 
than I have from Cora. And so now it's actually become really weird for me to reconcile the two. Like, especially there's, I no, I promise you no spoilers, but there's an episode toward the end of You're the Worst involving her character. And I cannot imagine the, the actor that does that also voices one of the greatest heroes in animation history. <laughs> so I had wow. no idea. Um, Eric was was convincing me to check out the show because uh, I have never seen it. Um, I didn't know about the Janet Varney thing, um, so yeah, I will. I'll probably have to check it out. I am I am becoming more familiar with Janet Varney. I mean, she'll always be Cora to me, uh, first and foremost. But I am gradually becoming more familiar with her as the host of the JV Club podcast. She has her own podcast where she, um, the the general premise of it is she has a female guest on every episode a female actor or writer or comedian or whatever uh, and she just does usually like an hour 90 minutes uh conversation with various uh, women in pop culture and so i listen to that and so i now whenever i revisit cora or i catch a scene from cora i it takes just a second for me to go to switch into cora mode instead of hearing janet as the host of the jv club Oh my! I'm gonna have to check that out now too. That's Plus, amazing. Th- there was a great, um, there was a great show that actually might be hard to find now. I don't know <laughs> where it would be streaming, um, but Ken Marino uh, did a parody of The Bachelor called "Burning Love," <laughs> um, which he played a firefighter, and so instead of giving a woman a rose he gave them a hose um <laughs> oh, man. it's an extremely extremely funny show but it was it was a web series that was around for three seasons and janet varney um played one of the uh one of the ladies uh on the show and she she, she was on uh she was in at least half of the episodes very very funny um yeah it, it, it's it's amazing like if you look at her her career Cora is an outlier like everything else she's done has been like for the most part been like this uh like in the comedy scene my mind is kind of blown right now I mean we did this entire podcast and and my my recollection of coming out of of most of these shows was either they were a legacy star they were someone like David Faustino or um oh god I'm I'm Mako Rufio Ma- oh uh, yeah, well yeah, Mako or, or, um, or whoever played Rufio and played Zuko. I'm blanking on his name. I feel like a real idiot right now. Oh, um, man, uh, who's Zuko's voice? Oh my god, Dante, um, Dante Bosco. Yeah. Dante Bosco. Yes. So it was either like stars like that, people who had like I had a career and then came into it, or people that like are primarily voice actors that when you dig back through their things, they've been in like everything, but not in a in a role that is like either outside of what you'd expect or it's like a little harder to like call out. Um, and so like running into this where her role, she is not a voice actress, you know, like she's her, the rest of her career is not voice acting. And that I now have this totally different cultural touch point of her as one of the worst human beings on the planet. And, <laughs> um, and it's just, I'm, I'm like just very, very, I, I want to go back and watch episodes of Cora now that I like have that in my head. Um, 
Anyways, very sorry to like totally chaos this that, episode up, but my mind is blown right That now. could be your next podcast project, Eric. You could do uh, every episode of the podcast, you compare and contrast uh, one episode of Korra against one episode or whatever of another Janet Varney project. <laughs> I love it. That sounds amazing. I would probably get a cease and desist letter from Janet Varney's uh, manager at some point from that one, but... Uh, all right, man, we are talking a lot about stuff, not Avatar. Um, so, yeah, I don't... But we also have to remember, we spent a lot of episodes of the Avatar Returns also talking about things that were not related to Avatar. That's true. And and somehow, people still seem to like the show. That's true. We, we did have quite the fan following, uh, which still, uh, even having done podcasting in various forms for 10 years... Um, it still surprised me how popular Avatar was. Like I'm, still... I would say it's it's the best response I've gotten to one of to a show that I've co-hosted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, people have not totally given up on us after two years of not hearing from us. But um, I do still occasionally receive emails from fans from people who are just discovering the show or whatever. So that blows my mind. Yeah, and all of them are going to come to this, and they're going to have the experience that every fan has ever had getting a reunion episode of literally anything which is what massive disappointment <laughs> and a questioning of why you ever liked it in the first place uh, well so there's a there are 40 some episodes uh, of the, well actually uh of avatar itself probably 20 something episodes of this podcast that you could go listen to to get our detailed thoughts on avatar the last airbender let's talk a little bit about um in hindsight how we think that well 15 years on so this is the 15th anniversary of avatar it's been around for 15 years how do we feel it has influenced the world like how has the world changed what influences do we see uh from avatar well i thought it was kind of weird that the fire nation is running as a democrat (laughs) um but i mean you gotta i I guess you gotta take what they give you oh wow (laughs) um yeah, man. No, polit- uh, politics is not the influence we want uh, from. Avatar. Though there were a lot, especially in the um, the comics that we discussed, there are a lot of really nuanced yeah. uh, political issues yeah. brought to the fore in the Avatar verse. Um, but as far as Avatar has influenced the world, um, I, I think I agree with Eric in that it, it is a thing that is very popular, but at the same time. It's not something that seems like I, I feel like if I went to the office and mentioned it, I would get like a mixed response. Like so the people who have heard of it will be like, oh, I absolutely loved it. But then there would be people who genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those weird shows where I feel like it is not uncommon for someone to have heard of it. But it is less common for someone to have seen it. You know, right. it has just enough cultural penetration that it's not like, what the fuck is that? Not that I mean, there's there's a fair amount of that too because it's not huge. But you're like, especially like at least if you're extremely online, like all of us, it's not it's you're not expecting people to have not ever heard of it. But it doesn't get seen as often. But it is interesting the ways that it. Um, it's one of those shows that I think is 
more influential amongst creators than it is amongst fans as a result. Because I think people who are like very who are like writers and stuff, it's much more common for them to have seen it. And I'm, I'm like going to have to spend the next like five minutes while you all talk thinking about the examples that triggered this in my head. But it, it does. I think it has had influences that are not obvious to people who haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, you were talking about um, its popularity amongst creators. And that just made me think of like what the people involved with making the show, like what has, what's their, situation been post avatar and uh obviously uh, the original creators uh michael dante di martino and brian Kanesco, i don't think we've said either of their names yet on this episode um they obviously they went on and they did cora afterwards um but after those shows were wrapped i know both of them have continued writing novels um not like not related to avatar they've they've both become writers in their own right um, and they've uh, they've both been involved in the spin-off comic stuff for Avatar. I don't know what other projects besides the live action show that we're going to talk about here in a few um, they've done, but I know several of the writers and directors that were involved over the course of the series have gone on to other projects like Aaron, I never remember how to pronounce pronounce his name a Ahaz? I die. I'm sorry. Yeah, I never can pronounce this either. Yeah, so he's uh, he's gone on to do. Um, I think he's involved with uh, uh, the Dragon Prince on Netflix. Yeah. I think he's yeah. involved in that show, and then um, like uh, Giancarlo Volpe. I think he also is doing that. Um, the the uh, Voltron show had yeah Joaquin Dos Santos and. Uh, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember the woman's name that also did that with him. Lauren something, maybe? Um, they did the Voltron thing, which I only ever made it through the first season. <laughs> so I don't know how that show turned out, but uh, the first season was fun. Um, and Dave Filoni, I think we talked, I think, Eric, we talked about this early in the run of this podcast, that Dave Filoni, um, whom we are both huge fans of, uh, I don't know if he started out on Avatar, but Avatar started with him. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he was a, a director on a bunch of early episodes, including the very, the including show. the pilot. I think he directed the first episode, I believe. Yeah, uh, and obviously yeah. he's gone on to some great things. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like they, the people in animation have definitely you know spread out into things. It's, I don't know. It, this is one of those shows where. I feel like the real influence of the show is going to be creators who were kids when this came out, um, you know, in 10 or 20 years when they're making things, we're going to start seeing this referenced as one of the like prime influences and in what they did. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those shows. Like, I mean, I think it's like when you look at like, I'm trying to think of shows when I was growing up, like it reminds me a little bit of Babylon five in that, in that it's a show that like, had was very important for doing something that wasn't happening on American TV very often. It had intense popularity with the people that really liked it. It had almost no cultural penetration outside of that. But when you look at writers who have come up since who watched it, they learned a lot about how to how to do like narrative arcs over the length of seasons. You know, having grown up watching shows like that. So I think it's going to be a lot like that with animation. And to be perfectly honest, I think one of the things we have working against us in this country is 
is that this is probably a pretty big influence on animators, and we still have a pretty trash animation um, industry mm-hmm. in this country. So I kind of wonder what's going on there, like with people who want to be doing stuff but don't really have the, I don't know, we're still making kids kids stuff that is not intense martial arts animation stuff right. going on at the same yeah. time. Lauren Montgomery, by the way, was the name I was trying to come up with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her and Joaquin went on and did Voltron. Um, yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something there, Eric. I clearly Avatar did not, um, nor was its purpose to revolutionize the American animation industry. But I would absolutely love to see more mainstream American shows um, tackle the the kind of plots and if they're action shows tackle the kind of combat that we got to see on avatar um and i would love for them not to as you said for them not to just be kid shows which is not a slight against kid shows i mean we're talking about one right now and raving about it um but yeah, I I would love for the influence of Avatar to be on the next generation of animators who can prove that there is an audience for serious, serialized uh, storytelling in American animation. Well, I can tell you, um, I, we can talk a little more about this uh, in a bit here because I think we need to talk about the live action Netflix thing before we get into other, other animated stuff, but I have a whole list of animated shows that um, I've watched since uh, we finished up our Avatar project. Um, many of which either feature people from, like, people who worked on Avatar and or Korra, um, or I at least see a certain influence from that. Um, and since I at least, I don't know how you two feel, but I tend to look at uh, the Avatar Returns podcast as sort of our default animation podcast. So even though the original series we were talking about are done, this is where I feel like coming whenever I want to talk about an animated show. That's another option that we have going forward as well. But... Oh, speaking of animation and other shows, I know we'll probably... Paul, it sounds like you have some shows you want to get to later, but since we're calling out people who have uh, who I think actually like kind of cut their teeth in the Avatar and Korra era. Um, the other is a studio, but Studio Mirror yeah. has hung around for a while um, since then. And um, Voltron is another, actually another another um, place that, that Voltron has picked up. Studio Mirror did a lot of that. But rather excitingly, um, there's going to be an animated Witcher movie coming out um, that Netflix is doing that is Studio Mirror doing the animation of so that's awesome at, um mirrors hanging around at least one of the animated series i was going to mention was also done by studio mirror so, all right um, and, and and i want one, one call call it here so with the, we can say that we're at the cusp of culture studio mirror is a south korean animation studio since south korean film is all the rage right now with parasite oh, having yeah. won the oscar um if you were getting into to south korean film just know studio mirror is maybe the most kick-ass animation studio running right now. And, Absolutely. So, um, so what you're saying you is go. we were there first. We were there first. We're hipsters. We're that's it. <laughs> this is, is our this is our hipster card. Yeah. Play. Yeah. 
course. This is this is all the cred we need. Um, and, and to be fair, we did spend a lot of time being really excited whenever Studio Mirror would come back after yeah. non-Studio Mirror episodes of the show. So yeah, we, we've earned this one a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we keep we keep dancing around the subject of this uh, Netflix live-action Avatar series that was. All right, so. Um, it was, when was it? I think it was September. It was late 2018. Yeah, September 2018. Um, it was announced that Netflix was going to be producing a reimagined live-action remake of Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and uh, it was going to be uh, under the charge of series original creators DiMartino and Konetsko. Um they were also going to be executive producers and showrunners. Uh, Jeremy Zuckerman, uh, the amazing composer of the original animated series, of both original animated series, was also going to be doing the music for the new series. So that's all very exciting, but um, uh, it's still, it made some people, and I might have been one of them, made us a little bit nervous. Like we famously on this podcast, we discussed the M. Night Shyamalan live action uh, film. Um, which was not well received. Although I'll give Eric an opportunity to jump in here. Cause I think maybe he has something to say right here. What about the live action movie? About the live action movie? No, no, I was kidding with you all when I said that. Oh, no, it's, okay. it's horrible. Thank God. It's I, I, I trolled them all by saying that I was coming in to re-examine the, the live action film. No, my only re-examination is, is that I am still haunted by <laughs> how, how boring that movie was. It wasn't even, I wish I, I wish it was worse. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, that's my reexamination. There you go. I wish it was actually worse because it would be more fun to talk about. Okay, you yep. you did you did give me cold chills when you sent that text. That said, oh, me uh, too. Me too. I, I've I, come around on the movie. Eric, you are such a wild card <laughs> that I I had no idea if you were being <laughs> serious or not. Oh, anyways, so yeah, with uh, with the painful you the memories Joker of this podcast, <laughs> with the painful memories of uh, the M Night Shyamalan's experiment uh, still damaging my calm, uh, when the announcement of a live action series came out, I was nervous. But um, so, uh, Brike, Brian, and Mike, um, their initial statement. I'm going to read their initial statement. In its in its entirety, it's kind of short. It's kind of brief. It says we're thrilled for the opportunity to helm this live action adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender. We can't wait to realize Aang's world as cinematically as we always imagined it to be, and with a culturally appropriate, non-whitewashed cast. It's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to build upon everyone's great work on the original animated series and to go even deeper into the characters, story, action, and world-building. Netflix is wholly dedicated to manifesting our vision for this retelling, and we're incredibly grateful to be partnering with them. So that was, 2000, that was September 2018. Not a peep since. Um, <laughs> until oh, really? There's been no news since? There has been... I think maybe there were some rumors that casting was going to start at some point, but I, I couldn't find those rumors and I don't know where they started. It might've just been somebody on the internet saying, Hey, I bet they're going to start casting soon. Um, but literally the only, the closest thing to an official announcement or an official update, uh, the two closest things to an official update uh, were in October, Jesse flower, the actress that did the voice of Toph. She was on a podcast called uh, weird words, chit chat. Uh, this was October of last year, uh, and 
in that they were just talking to her about her career and so of course they talked about her time on avatar and they asked her about the live action thing uh, that had been announced and she said at the time that she believed it was her understanding that production was set to begin in february of 2020 which is when we're coming to you right now so if that still holds then production supposedly should be getting underway very soon the, the only the only thing I can add to this is while you were talking, I Googled a little bit and there is actually an official title page on Netflix on Netflix. Yeah, that was the, this. that was the second thing. But I think that's okay. recently changed because originally. So I saw a screen cap of the original. So Netflix added a listing for the series, which um, in the original posting of that, it listed a date of 2020. Um apparently that date has since been removed. So I think the listing on Netflix now is just the, the title card, but doesn't feature a date. Is that correct, Eric? Yes. I am not seeing any date. Okay. Yeah. So originally it said 2020, but they have, they've pulled that. So I don't know if that means production that, I don't know if what that meant is it's set to start in 2020 or it's set to air in 2020 or what, but uh, at any rate, they've, they seem to have backed off of that date. Um, and the only other thing I, mean, I, I noticed about the Netflix listing is that the description that they give, it says long ago, the four nations lived in harmony, then everything changed. That's it. They, yeah. they, they did not say then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked, which why? Come on. Why would you not do that? Yeah. But yeah, it's it, well, yeah, it's long ago. The four nations lived in harmony. Then everything changed. The animated show's original creators held a live action take on Aang's story. Come on. Everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. That's the that's that's how, what it is. Man. <laughs> that's the Anyways. show, baby. That's the show. Yeah. That's the pitch right there. So um, where I'm going I mean, with this is I think as far as I know, that is as close as we get to official confirmation of anything. In fairness, it takes a very long time to put together a show like that. Yeah. Any show, really, but especially like a high-concept fantasy show in live action. I mean, <clears throat> I would love to hear more, but at the same time, I'm not entirely surprised that we haven't really heard that much. Mm -hmm. um, I have I have a question for everyone, separate from... Okay, let's, first of all, purge the M. Night Shyamalan movie out of your head, because I actually don't want that in the discussion, because it's bad, not, it's bad on its own levels. This has the original creator's... So different story. The thing I'm trying to wrestle with is what do you gain by making Avatar live action? Yeah, that's over, my, like, yeah. What is this? Is there something here that I'm missing? Like maybe there is. So based on their initial uh, statement that I just read, it seems to me like they were probably, ex what they're probably excited about is the opportunity to tell to retell the story in a longer format uh, instead of um, I don't, I don't remember how many episodes all told of avatar there were uh, from beginning to end, but you know, they were 22 minutes long uh, it, and it was animated on Nickelodeon. So I, I just get the impression that they want to retell that same story, but have a longer format to do it in maybe. Uh, I, Cause they, they mentioned, they mentioned getting deep, you know, deeper into the, the world building and that kind of stuff. It's, it's interesting because, like, I don't know, so much of the show is 
the the visuals right, of it right. and you know, like the the approach of its animation and the the and bending I, and the martial arts and the bending is what I'm worried about. Right and and exactly and I you know I was thinking if you did it as like a wuza like Hong Kong production if that was the visual style approach you took maybe there would be something there because then you have a equally bonkers but visually distinct style mm-hmm. that isn't isn't out of sync with what the show is trying to do but could bring its own visual palette to the show like because it would be so much of of avatar was influenced by that kind of genre bringing it back to like a modern version of that genre could be like re-influenced in a way that could be really interesting but it's not like american live action television has uh, a long history of visually great action storytelling like very every once in a while we get something with really great visual action but we're not our live action tv is not known for its bold visual storytelling right right yeah i am i feel um i mean especially since we haven't gotten any news since then my feelings are pretty much the same from when it was first announced which is yeah what do you gain from taking a world that seemed to be so perfect for animation and making it live action? Because I think it's just a rule of thumb that uh, live action fantasy, there's a lot of, well, I don't know if there's a lot of, but there's definitely some good looking live action fantasy. I mean, the, even though it's a much different style of fantasy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is pretty high up there. But for the most part, fantasy almost always diminishes in live action. And I just, I, I and Paul, when you reread their statement, um, I don't know that line about how um, the, the cinematic, whatever that they always to realize to realize ang's world as cinematically as we always imagined it to be that almost seems like disrespectful of (laughs) of animation as a medium which i know Uh, they are both steeped in animation but yeah I, i i maybe it'll be great but i think it's unnecessary and i think there's a very high probability for it to not be great um but i agree with eric i I think if it's not good and again i'm hoping that it is but if it's not good i think it will be not good in an entirely different way than the Shyamalan movie yeah Um, yeah i I, the only thing really that's reassuring me here is that Brike are at the the four Mm -hmm. they're at the helm um, but honestly, I, I think one of the things that I said to you guys, and I don't know if it ever made it, um, well, probably not since it's been over two years since we've done one of these. Um, I think I told you guys, though, um, why why can't they just use these resources to tell new stories mm-hmm. in the Avatar world? Which I get maybe that's not as as easy of a pitch to Netflix, but... I don't know. I, I have very mixed feelings about this whole enterprise. I, I also have mixed feelings about it, but I've over the years, my stance on the idea of uh, of adaptations and 
uh, remakes or whatever, that kind of stuff. My, my stance on those things has softened considerably. I used to be a purist and, and if you were going to adapt a comic or a book or whatever, I wanted you to adapt the damn comic or book and not make changes to it. Um, obviously I've let a lot of that go and I've, I've gotten to a much better place in my opinion, where I'm able to accept two different versions of the same story as being just that two different versions of the same story. And, um, one does not negate the existence of the other and so on and so forth. Um, we just, we don't know a lot about this. They keep referring to it as a live action series, but as the debate surrounding a lot of Disney's live action remakes of their classic animated series demonstrates live action can be in quotes. Um, the only, there's only ever been one, uh, image concept art, concept art. Thank you. That show it to me, it looks like uh cg uh but it's a kind of a distant shot of a very massive appa hanging above a frozen landscape with a very small ang standing in front of him it's a beautiful picture um, but i have no idea what that tells us about what the show is going to look like so calling it live action does not necessarily mean that it's going to be like actual you know network television live action kind of stuff it could be cg it could be a healthy mix of live action actors with CG animals who knows right um yeah that that's fair i mean it's 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 hard to know exactly what they mean on this i i i will say i actually wish it was a i would rather a, a, a CG animated take on this than live action mm -hmm. generally but my my take on remakes um especially when it has come to like foreign films and I, this is almost going to apply because animated on, on Nickelodeon has approximately the same cultural penetration of like foreign films <laughs> that didn't get a good release here, yeah. which is that no matter how bad the remake is, they almost always come with sterling re-releases of the original source. Uh -huh. And Avatar certainly could do with like a badass Blu-ray release. So if what we get out of a live action Netflix avatar series is that it is a lot easier to see by other people, I'd actually consider that a win. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I don't know if this qualifies as a badass uh, Blu-ray release, but um, the complete avatar, the last airbender series has been available for a couple of years now on Blu-ray. Um, it took them forever. Like Cora came out pretty quickly, uh, on Blu-ray, but Avatar was only available on DVD for the longest time. It finally did come out on Blu-ray, and just this week, they released the 15th anniversary uh, Blu-ray box set of um, of Avatar, which I purchased. Um, it doesn't have any additional bonus features from any of the earlier versions. I don't think they've done any additional tweaks to it, so as far as picture quality, I haven't watched it to be sure, but as far as picture quality on this newest release, I think it's probably the same as the the previous Blu-ray release, which the previous Blu-ray release was a much improved image quality from the DVD, obviously. Um, like the big selling point of this 15th anniversary box set is just the packaging. It's got a, it's got brand new artwork on all of the uh, the Steelbook uh, CD or DVD cases, and it, it's just a beautiful looking piece. But the point I is, just, the series. I just found it. It's a little expensive, but it looks really nice. Yeah, it's 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 pricey. It's eighty bucks, I think, is retail. But anyways, it is available on Blu-ray uh, for people who who weren't aware of that. And uh, it would be. I would also love if 
they would like release like I don't know if they could I don't know if it's possible to upgrade the picture quality uh, to make it like 4k or whatever I have no idea if that kind of thing is possible but yeah if they want to release a box set maybe of Avatar and Korra together with all new bonus features and interviews and behind the scenes stuff that would be amazing yeah I mean, they they did a they did a Blu-ray transfer of um, <clears throat> excuse me, of Batman the animated series, recently, mm-hmm. and that got a big, uh, glitzy package. So I I don't know, maybe uh, maybe it's possible. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe I mean, is is Avatar even streaming anywhere? It's that you not. Pay it's for not. Right That's the other problem. See, this of, is yeah. oh god. That's the other reason why its cultural penetration is limited. It was available uh, streaming for a while, but not anymore. Not right now. To the best of my knowledge, you can't get it anywhere. Yeah, Yeah. this is one of those series that's impossible to recommend to people because they can't watch it. Yeah. Wow, I I didn't realize that because, yeah, when we did the the original run of this show, um, it was all on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, no, you, almost all of it, right? Because season four of Korra was not in some extremely right. weird. Yeah, <laughs> so crazy. Um, I mean, you can you can still uh, buy or rent digital, or, or I don't know if you can rent, but you can definitely buy digital versions of Avatar. But yeah, it's not actually Street, streaming anywhere streaming, that you. Yeah. yeah. So weird. Yeah. Well. So. It, it, this is honestly, this is a series that is as hard to recommend to people as anime. Like it's, it's just as difficult to get people to be able to see it because it is nowhere that would make it easy to go see it. And at least, at least anime has its own network. Well, it's got multiple networks, I think, but like Crunchyroll and there, there are services and and networks out there that you could go to if you're trying to find anime. It has gotten a little better, but it's still a crapshoot. And it's, but it's, it's one of the things you always run into is like, hey, you should see this. Where can I see this? Like, oh, let me go Google the usual suspects. Nope, <laughs> it's nowhere. Yeah. And that's what happens. I remember people who even had seen Avatar when I would recommend Korra would be like, oh, I've been wanting to see that. Is it available anywhere? I'm like, ah, uh, no, sorry. Okay, guys. So here's the deal. So Avatar, unfortunately, as we are discussing is not streaming on any of the major services. However, you, if, um, apparently, so on Amazon, you can subscribe to like different channels for like an additional fee. Um, if you subscribe to the Nick hits Amazon channel, all three seasons are streaming. And I, I don't know which season, but, um, uh, I've talked up on Gobbledygeek a lot, uh, the service Hoopla, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, if your library um, is connected to Hoopla, there's a lot of movies and shows that you can stream. Uh, there, there's like a, a monthly limitation, but but yeah, for free with your library card, you can stream stuff. There is a season of <laughs> Avatar streaming on Hoopla. <laughs> but it doesn't tell you what season? Uh, on, so I'm using the website Just Watch. Um, and on there, I don't, yeah, I can't really see, um, hold on. It's pulling it up. It's the first season. So, I mean, all right. So if you, if your library is connected to Hoopla, you can at least watch the first season. This is the most depressing (laughs) recommendation conversation we've ever had. Yeah. That's Uh, a bummer. 
Uh, I mean, this shouldn't be the only way people have of accessing the show, but I think the the message I at least am trying to send is this show is worth owning. <laughs> so even if you just, even if, you know, you just get the original DVD box set, which at this point I'm sure you could probably find for $9.99 at, uh, at Best Buy or something. Um, it, it it's worth owning. It would be much better if we could recommend a streaming streaming service or someplace where you could get Man, access to Cora's Cora's uh, streaming prospects or even Grimmer. Um, you can if you've got Amazon, you can get the CBS All Access channel, mm-hmm. and there are two seasons. <laughs> so I wish. Uh... Oh oh oh! Hold on. Actually, I'm wrong. I was, I was, um, there are, none of this is great. Um, but again, with the Nick hit subscription, you get all seasons, direct TV is streaming two seasons. And again, with hoopla, you get one season. This is of Cora. Yeah. Okay. God damn. I wonder, I wonder if it will be coming to Netflix. I, um, I wonder how much of this, how much, so I wonder if one of the considerations that went into Bright wanting to do a Netflix series was getting better access to their own stuff. Cause the, this scattered release and availability stuff that's going on, this has to be somehow tied into uh, rights negotiations with Nickelodeon. Um, I, I just wonder if it's so. Yeah. Plus um, Viacom is starting their own their own streaming service that like is, is blended with CBS all access. Um, so yeah, I I don't know how the rights of all of this works since Netflix is doing the live action show. Well, anyways, um, let's talk, let's, let's move on to like uh, other properties or other medium besides the live action and the animated series. So, um, I'm just going to briefly mention the books because neither one of you has read the Kiyoshi novel, right? No, no. Okay. So I think maybe last year, uh, volume one of what I believe is planned to be a trilogy of Kiyoshi novels came out. It's uh, called the rise of Kiyoshi by F C E. That's Y E E. Um, and uh, I read it, and it was really good. It was surprisingly good. Uh, tie-in material, I'm usually iffy on, but the the book was really good, and it tells the the origin story, basically, of Avatar Kiyoshi. Um, volume 2 of that series, The Shadow of Kiyoshi, is due to come out in July of this year, so I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, I think there's a third book, maybe, in the series, but I don't know what that's going to be. Um, but I recommend that. It's really good. Hey, if we ever, if we are able to work out a plan for somehow reviving this podcast on a semi-regular basis, I'd be down for talking about that. Those too. Okay. Well, since we're getting into the other stuff, the books, and I'm about to head into comics and stuff. Um, let Let's just let's talk about our options. I I kind of have always said talk to you guys about the possibility of how we don't necessarily need a regular schedule anymore since we're not watching a. a televised series we could just do episodes whenever we have something to talk about so like um there's there's that book soon to be two books um that we could do episodes about um 
the we could pick back up on the comics. I personally think that we should uh, finish out the Legend of Korra Turf Wars. That's the one that we did part one of. All three parts of that are now out. Um, as well as by the time this, I think later this month, the third volume of the second Legend of Korra comic series will be available. So that's about to be complete. That's called The Ruins okay. of the Empire. Um, both of those, The Legend of Korra Turf Wars and The Legend of Korra Ruins of the Empire, those are both written by Michael Dante DiMartino. Um, Turf Wars had art by Irene Coe, which, uh, at least based on the first volume, we were all a little bit mixed on, I think. Yeah. Uh, the art in uh, Ruins of the Empire is by Michelle Wong, and uh, just flipping through it, I, I prefer the art in that. It's a little a little bit closer to the Gurihiro art that we were so in love with on the original Avatar comics. Um, and there's also been another Avatar, uh, the last Airbender comic volume that has come out, Imbalance, all three parts of that, uh, written by Faith Aaron Hicks with art by Peter Wartman. Those are all out and available for review now as well. So, I love Faith Aaron Hicks. Mm-hmm. Well, there's th- that um, Ruins of the Empire looks pretty great. Um, I don't know if it's actually great, but it's about Kavira. Yeah, it's Kavira's makes me wanna, which Which makes me want to read and talk about it yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're not going to make plans on live on the air for all you to listen to us argue about it, but <laughs> I would 100% come back to finish up the Korra comics and read that other one, uh, Ruins of the Empire. I mean, with all of the previous Avatar uh, comics, we waited for the the big collected editions. Um, we could continue that. That would limit how often we were able to do these. Um or we did we don't have to since that's an expensive prospect to buy a a forty dollar book anytime yeah. we want to do a cover but anyways <laughs> yeah we, we we are paying uh, even more than uh, the, the 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 blood that we're sweating to put these out <laughs> we, we we're we're paying a price to do the podcast yeah so many bodily fluids involved in the production of this podcast. So many. Yeah, I think I think that forty dollars every um, I don't know twenty eight months between big <laughs> releases would definitely break me. But um... <laughs> well, I I will continue. I I love them. I love the hardcover collected library editions. Yeah. So I'm going to continue to buy them. But we don't need to wait for those to get back together and talk about any of the comics. So. Um, anyways, that those are certainly options to continue. Obviously when and if this live action series ever kicks off i'm sure we're gonna have things to say about that we could oh yeah we could come back and either wait until it's netflix so if they do their usual model and they drop the entire first season at once i mean we could come back and just review the season or we could you know do an episode by episode review depending on how good or bad it is i think it's safe to say that that if we will pro if we'll probably come back to talk about that series in one way, shape or form. I, I can't, I mean, I think there's something pretty significant would have to happen in our lives to not, not reform for the Netflix live action series, at least for an episode. Yeah. Just to, yeah. just to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and also, so um, let's talk about animated stuff. Like I alluded to earlier, I, I always kind of think of the avatar returns as our animated podcast option. So there have been, um, Eric, this is, uh, relevant to you and I, at least Arlo still hasn't joined the bandwagon on this, but, uh, season seven, the final season of star Wars, the clone wars is about to drop. 
uh, yeah. just a f- less than a week away from the time of this recording. Uh, we're going to get brand new Clone Wars stuff, brand new Ahsoka Tano stuff on Disney Plus. Um, so there for it. How long has it been since season six? Since three it's, years. Well, it, so yeah, season six came out right after Disney bought Lucasfilm. Like that's Lucasfilm buying it is kind of what killed the Clone Wars, right? Yeah. So I don't know. So it was it was I I don't know when season six dropped, but I want to say it was either pre Force Awakens or right after. Okay. Uh, I thought yeah, I thought it was before, but yeah, I could look this up. Yeah. So so it was. I think yeah. I think you're right. It was. I think it was pre. Because it came out before Rebels too, and Rebels basically ran through the entirety of the Disney movie era. Yeah, yeah. They just released Disney Disney Plus just released the official Disney Plus complete timeline of Star Wars, um, which does not include any of the comics or novels or anything. It's just the stuff that's ever going to be on Disney Plus. So all of the all of the films and all of the various uh, TV shows that tie into them uh, gives the official timeline of what is running when since that's so hard for some people to track. And that is, and as we said earlier, Clone Wars is definitely, it is Dave Filoni's baby mm-hmm. at this point. So if you want to see the person who helped kick off um, Avatar's initial episodes land the plane on his baby, <laughs> could watch that. Yeah, Landing the plane on a baby. I know that you meant that to be a good thing, <laughs> but that's a visual right there. It, it's a good visual. I mean, I want to say that Thirty to eighty percent of the audience is going to agree that was a good visual. So if, if for whatever reason, and I hope it's not, uh, if the seventh season of Clone Wars is terrible, you can say, "Man, he really landed a plane on that baby." <laughs> and if it's great, he uh, he landed a plane on Baby Yoda. Oh, oh, wow! He one-upped Adam Pally. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's see other animated series. And these are just, I I just want to mention these. And if you guys, if it sparks a conversation, awesome. But these are just other series that I feel like um, are, you know, quality wise on a par with Avatar and Korra or have some relation to Avatar and Korra. And this is all stuff that I've watched since uh, the podcast ended. Um, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, which is on Netflix. The first season of that is available. That's a DreamWorks animation project, and that's the one that is done by Studio Mirror. Although the animation style doesn't look anything like uh, Korra and and Avatar, uh, it's got a much more, you know, it's much more. Um, I was going to say it's much more Nickelodeon looking, <laughs> but it's much more present day Nickelodeon style animation, I think, than. Uh, it's much more what you would expect a Nickelodeon show to look like. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, but it is really, it is really, really good. Uh, it's uh, a young, a young girl, 13 year old girl is searching for her father in a, a post-apocalyptic overgrown urban wasteland that's ruled by tribes of mutant animals. Um, and it's really, really great. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's skew. I would say it skews younger, certainly than Korra. It skews younger than Korra. Probably the original audience, tar- target audience for Avatar, would be fans of Kipo. Uh, Kipo, excuse me. But um, it is very, very good with representation. Like it's getting all sorts of praise right now because uh, it's representation uh, of 
persons of color and uh, different sexualities and that kind of stuff is very cool. Uh, and that's 10 episodes in the first season. There's more coming, supposedly. Cool. Um, cool. Hilda, which I think I've talked about, not on this podcast, but I've talked about other places before and I've tweeted a lot about. Um, still only one season available on that, uh, 13 episodes. That was also Netflix, and that's based on a series of graphic novels. Um, and that's another story about a young, adventurous, uh, blue-haired girl uh, exploring her world uh, with her friends Twig the deer fox which is an adorable little creature and Alfred the elf who's also an adorable little rascal but anyways that is such a fun series um, I, I there's supposed to be a second season coming I think maybe they just announced that it's coming this year I'm not sure but I recommend the first season of that it's so much fun and there's a lot of um, fantastical spirits and creatures involved in that we already mentioned the Dragon Prince, which has an official, uh, a, a direct tie-in to Avatar, because that's um, Aaron Ahaz, or however you say his name, uh, and I believe Giancarlo Volpe, who was an animator and director. Uh, they're both directly involved with Dragon Prince. I watched the first season of that on Netflix, and uh, it has a very, very unique animation style that kind of turned me off. Um, but I've heard rumors that they they fix it, basically, across the following two seasons so i may go back and watch all three seasons of that um are you guys just gonna let me keep rambling well i mean i have a question about animation but i don't want to i don't want to end your list so okay i've got three more i've got three more titles i'll just mention them really quickly she-ra and the princesses of power also on netflix if you would if you had told me like a year ago that i would be a fan like a pretty big fan of a new she-ra series i i would have i would have disbelieved you <laughs> to put it mildly <laughs> um it is it's one of those shows that is just utterly ridiculous and preposterous and crazy and silly but um over the span of four seasons like if you can get past it's got some truly truly terrible animation moments in it uh, there is a flying horse character that features in she-ra and the princesses of power uh, who has slowly grown on me as a character because he's ridiculous, but it's very clear that none of the artists or animators that work on that series have ever even seen a horse in their lives. Um, it looks nothing like a horse. <laughs> uh, anyway, so there are some tragic moments of animation in that series, but the story it tells is genuinely mature and compelling. So there have been four seasons of that so far. I think they've said the fifth season is the final season. Um, Primal, which was on Adult Swim, uh, and only half of the first season there was only five episodes of that sometime this year we're supposed to get the final five episodes of the season um that's from gendy tartakovsky uh the guy who did the original clone wars animated series uh and also samurai jack that tells the story of a, a caveman who befriends a t-rex uh, uh, and it's their misadventures through this primal world that does not do it justice it is a a gorgeous graphic series uh, and one of its claims claims to fame is that it there's no spoken dialogue in it it is all told through just diegetic sounds and music um, the caveman doesn't talk the t-rex doesn't talk uh, but it's a wonderful the first five episodes at least are amazing i've heard a lot of great things about that it's truly great and i have the, a i have a troubled relationship with um gendy tartakovsky tart 
Tarkovsky's stuff, um, which has made me sort of like I've never really loved anything he's done, but I kind of feel like if I'm gonna love one thing that he's done, it's gonna be this. So I should definitely see it at some yeah. point. I mean, it's a it's a small investment. I think they're maybe I think they're half hour episodes, uh, and there's only five of them. So okay, um, I strongly suggest checking it out. And like I said, that's on Adult Swim, which. I was not aware Adult Swim was actually a network now. I thought Adult Swim was just a programming time on Cartoon Network. <laughs> I mean, it, it is, but I mean, for, for a long time now, it's basically been considered its own. All right. It's kind of like how, you know, DC had Vertigo. Right. right. Adult Swim is like the, the imprint. much dumber version of <laughs> Vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if, if it was a comic, Primal would be a Vertigo series. I'll tell you that. Okay. Okay. And then yeah. the last thing, which I won't yeah. say too much about because it's a huge conversation that deserves its own podcast, is BoJack Horseman, also on Netflix. That series just wrapped up, and it was devastating. One of the most emotionally devastating yet satisfying uh, series I've ever seen, live action or animated. It's amazing. So, so Paul, of... you might have answered my question that I was going to ask. So okay. I'm going to ask it and ask Arlo to go first, and maybe, Paul, you can go last since you just talked about a bunch of shows. All right. You have you're gonna spin up one po- a podcast on one animated show that you've seen since the Avatar. What is the podcast? What is your Avatar returns about the show you've seen since? Like, what is the show you're choosing for that? So, does it count if I had seen the show before, but I rewatched it? Yeah, I think they count. Whatever, whatever, whatever triggers in your brain, go for it. Because I would absolutely love to do a podcast discussion on the um, DC animated universe. Mm. So t- um, I should have said, I would, I want a why too, for what it's worth. What, why, why that show? What's, what's um, your pitch? So since we ended uh, the avatar returns, I've watched and, and I had, it's kind of rewatching because especially with Batman, I had seen a lot of it as a kid, but I had never sat down and watched every episode. So since then, I've watched um, the first three series of the DCAU, uh, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, and Batman Beyond. And I honestly believe that uh, BTAS is my favorite version of Batman. Hmm. Um and I mean, and, and probably uh, the Superman show is probably my favorite version of Superman. And those shows are just kind of everything that I want um, from like genre storytelling. It, you know, they're, they're not serialized, or I should say they're not serialized very often. Um, but as far as like episodic genre storytelling goes, they are pretty much perfect. And I think they also exist, um, you know, you're coming of course before avatar. I think they were also kind of notable, uh, for being, uh, Batman, especially since it came first was, was notable for being one of the first, uh, quote unquote kid shows that really, uh, most of the time, um, had adult appeal. Um, and they're just, I don't know, just such wonderful shows with such wonderful art direction and designs and storytelling uh, that I, yeah, I would absolutely, and there's so much of it. 
you know there, there's a whole animated universe i've seen those three shows now and that's still just scratching the surface um in just about every one of the classic characters they take on, they deliver a definitive interpretation of. Uh, so I would absolutely love to have an in-depth discussion of those shows. I, I would want uh, Batman Beyond to be included in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking the whole DCAU. Okay. Um, I will say, of the three that I watched, Batman Beyond is easily my least favorite. I, I know. You said it didn't hold up on... Well, so the first season doesn't. The first season especially has some really rough patches. The second season is better, and the third season is a lot better. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, but no, I would, hey, if we, if, if you can get me uh, a Harry Potter-style time-turner, uh, <laughs> I would absolutely love to do an episode, you know, you know, talk about, like, three episodes per podcast like we did with Avatar. It's a good answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. Yes, that absolutely counted too. No, that was good call. Thank you. All right, Eric. one of my few. So me, okay, yes, I did say you can go last, Paul. Sorry. Um, okay, for me it would be um, Steven Universe, which I don't know if either of you. No, I really want to. Uh, I'm in the same boat as Paul. Okay, well now I actually want to do this, but okay, my why. So Steven Universe is a a very interesting show. It is on Cartoon Network. Um, it's primarily made up of like um, short episodes, I think like 15 minute uh, bits, I think early on are what it was doing. Um, and it, it it's a, but it's a show like Avatar. Actually, it has some interesting parallels to Avatar um, without actually being much like Avatar at all. But it, it has the same sort of veneer of being kids show before suddenly digging into extremely real topics in a really humane way. It. Um, is maybe the um, most uh, wonderfully queer show on TV that I can think of seeing in its um, addressing of various things. It's it relationships on the show. Um, it's beautiful. It gets heartbreaking by the middle. It has some of the best character work I've really ever seen. And while I have not quite finished the show because there is a movie – and then they're doing sort of a Steven Universe future with the characters a little older right now. Um, it's an immensely powerful and beautiful and funny and clever show and has some of the best musical numbers that you could hope for on TV. So I would love to talk about that. I think it would be a fascinating show to discuss. So much, much as I uh, try to uh, sell some of the other animated projects that I named by pointing out how it's – basically what I'm saying is it's a cartoon, but man, it's really adult, which we also said some version of many, many times for Avatar and Korra. Um, I, that's what draws me to Steven Universe because for years I've heard nothing, but like Steven Universe is one of those shows that I would flip by on Cartoon Network or whatever and say, oh, this looks silly and goofy. I'll bet, you know, I'll bet uh, eight to 12 year olds love this show. Uh, and, but I've heard nothing but how mature and adult and like genuinely deep and fascinating it is. So I would love to watch that show. It's good. It's made me cry. Yeah. So, um, all right, Paul, you're up. Sorry. Well, you know, you know what, if you hosted it, like if you were responsible for the editing and putting it out and everything, <laughs> you could easily talk me into doing a show an, a whole other, uh, the avatar return style podcast about Steven universe. 
I hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Paul. If I have very little responsibility, <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, so my turn. Um, I mean, I would love to pick something like Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts or even Hilda, but those are so short. Uh, there's not a lot of meat on the bones yet for that. So that kind of stuff would probably stick to an occasional episode maybe of this show. Uh, but if we're talking about spinning off an entirely new podcast, it would be BoJack Horseman. There are six seasons of that, and over over the course of six seasons, um, I think there is a lot of emotional meat on the bones that we could get out of discussing the episodes of that series. So, All right. I mean, I don't know what yeah, else to say I, about I it. Am... I, don't, I don't know if either of you have ever watched it, but... I am the worst because I watched the first season and and I remember that at the time this was like kind of a common response to the first season. Like now it's definitely like so many people love the show. But I think um, at the time, a lot of the response to the first season was, "Ooh, this starts off kind of rough. I don't really, I don't really get the, the appeal here. But then by the end of the season, it had become very emotionally involving um, and yeah, I've heard nothing but great things and I just never watch the rest of it. Yeah. I mean, it's an investment cause it's a longer, it's a longer run show. I don't know how many seasons there are of, uh, Steven universe. It feels like that show has been out forever. So there must be 10, 11 it's, seasons. Of that? No, no, it's not as long as you think it is. It's, um, it's five seasons oh, wow. of like five TV seasons, a movie. And then this epilogue season, Steven universe future, um and like i said i believe all most a lot of the episodes are on the um the the shorter side yeah they're all like 10 15 minutes so um man but i mean so but i'll keep in mind the first season has like 50 episodes so it's still about a 25 episode season of those things now the future seasons are are shorter than that they get down to like um, 25 episode seasons, which are basically the equivalent of like a 13 episode season. Mm-hmm. So I think lengthwise, it's probably in the Cora ish realm when you get down to the, the actual like minute length of the show. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, with certain, uh, <laughs> certain caveats, uh, in my contract, I am a hundred percent down for doing that. Cause I've for a long time, I've wanted to check that show out. I would, I would, I would consider doing it. I would do the work on that. Okay. I think. All right. Heck yeah. Really? <laughs> All right. I'm gonna think about this, y'all. This is it. This is this. We'll 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 uh, confer in the offline. Okay. About this, but. All right. So I love it. So listeners, that is uh that may be a future project. As for this podcast, like I said, we have a lot of options uh, available to us. I, at the moment, I feel like. Uh, without committing to anything here on mic, like uh, Eric said earlier, uh, I think what's most likely is this show will uh, return occasionally. There will probably be uh, the occasional surprise new episode of the Avatar Returns as we get together to talk about one of the comic series or whatever it is. Or or maybe even we could do episodes talking about some of these various other animated series. But um, yeah, yeah. No. Can I go ahead? Can I take a moment to um, talk about a, an animated show that I've just started watching that absolutely would not, at least I don't think I could do a podcast that would have enough substance to actually 
talk about it, but that I finally started watching and is, a, is an absolute joy. Sure. So for years, people were telling me that Phineas and Ferb was really funny. Oh my goodness. Okay. And I, I you would think that I would learn, but I was like, it's a Disney Channel cartoon. I really, it's, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm fine. Well, I was wrong. And Amber has been, it, it's on Disney Plus, and Amber has been uh, throwing it on in the background. And it went from, like, you know, I would kind of occasionally glance at it to whenever she has it on, like, uh, this show is hilarious and really, really smart. And it's absolutely, it is not one of those shows where you're like, wow, it really took some chances with its mature, sophisticated story. No, this this is <laughs> nothing at all like these shows we've been talking about. Um, it's just, it's the really, really funny uh, adventures of these two kids who are on an apparently endless summer vacation and must fill every day with some exciting adventure. And also, they happen to have a pet platypus named Perry, who, unbeknownst to them, is a uh, a super spy and has completely unconnected B-plot adventures, and they never learn that he's a super spy, and he's off fighting the... Um, "Quote unquote evil, um, Doctor Doofenshmirtz." Isn't isn't there um, a, is there a beaver in that show too? Or, uh, or is this a different? It's just the platypus. Okay. I'm not an expert. Okay. okay, I just started watching it. I, I just I've never seen this show, but there are pops out there of some of these characters, and I think the, I think I've seen the platypus, and I think there's also a an angry beaver or something. I don't think there's a be. I don't think there's a beaver. Okay, I've maybe seen he's from another show. show. Maybe, there, maybe he's from I've seen a fair amount of the show, Arlo. I'm mean, curious what you end up thinking of it. I, I really, really enjoy it, but I definitely got to a point in the show where I wish it had allowed its characters to grow and change a little bit. I say that realizing that it's basically a Looney Tunes cartoon where the characters never do that, and that's kind of the point. But I also feel like at a certain point when there's like an inherent tension in a story, you kind of want to see what happens after the tension. And you never really do. But it is a brilliantly funny show once you accept that. If you accept that it is never going to change its formula, that its characters are never going to learn anything and never going to change from the day that you met them, with the slight exception of Doofenshmirtz, who's a really brilliant character. Um, (laughs) And actually, at least your understanding of him grows in a way that makes it feel like he's growing. Um, otherwise it's, that was my main complaint with the show, but it is pretty genius. And when you get into it later, it starts crossing over with stuff like star Wars occasionally. Yeah. And I think Marvel and yeah. they do some pretty brilliant stuff with their crossovers too. And there's also, um, there's a spinoff going right now, um, called Milo Murphy's law, um, starring a uh, weird owl. Oh man. as the title character. And, um, uh, sorry, uh, Doofenshmirtz and Perry the Platypus are actually recurring characters along with uh, Major Monogram and Carl. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm so, going to, I'm going to, if it's on Disney Plus, I have Disney Plus, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to just throw on a couple episodes and check this out. Dude, it is so funny. And it's, um, it's actually in, I've not read the whole book, I've read excerpts, but it's in um, Alan Sepinwall and Matt Zoller sites did a book called TV, yeah. the book, yeah. where they talk about uh, as many TV series as they can and their entry, they have an entry in Phineas and Ferb, and they mention how 
um, it's one of those, you know, a lot of episodic TV, almost all of it, at least in America, is really built on repetition. Mm -hmm. And in most shows, that's a sign of laziness. Whereas Phineas and Ferb, it takes the same basic setup in every single episode. And that's why, like, it's just, it creates the, this, these running gags that are just so ridiculous and so silly that it's just, it's, it's kind of brilliant. And I'll be interested to see if I get to the same point with it that Eric does. Um, but as of right now, it's just, it's, I'm kicking myself for not having watched it a long time ago. It's just super funny. It, it was, it was, and I will say the point was one of those, you know, sometimes with the show, you just need to struggle with a thing that it's never going to be and accept it and move on. It was definitely something like that. Like I realized it was never going to cross the barrier from show that I really love into show that I'm crazy about as a result of, of that. And then once I accepted that, I was like, yeah, but it's still a show I love and it's still really funny. So that's kind of where I ended up. I didn't really hang up on it, but um, yeah, it's fun. It's funny. You should watch it. I agree with this. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's a that's that's a lot of stuff we could potentially do <laughs> podcasts about in the future. Oh man, um, I can't wait till we finally get around to doing a a, a classic Scooby Doo podcast, dude. Which I'm only half joking about. <laughs> dude, I would be into that. Look, I am under no illusions. I am sure the original Scooby-Doo is actually terrible. Yeah. But I know that, especially lately, there have been some really well-received reboot series that actually, the the one, I think it might have been called Mystery Inc., um, but it actually had, like, serialized storytelling and these things that we're talking about, And it, but it was Scooby-Doo. And I remember just hearing, like, people just... Oh, like uh, this was back when Twitter was fun and not just an unending hellscape. Um, but people would just incredulously tweet about like, "There's this new Scooby Doo show, and I actually love it." <laughs> um, but I, I never, I never saw it. Um, so I mean, there are all these podcasts I'd love to do. I just need to, I need to divorce my wife, um, sell my house, we, get rid of the dog. Yeah, we all need to live. Job. We all lead, need to live on a podcast commune somewhere. <laughs> A podcast comic. <laughs> Which is what the what we're gonna refer to the Gobbledy Geek Network as from now on. It's no longer a podcast network, it is a podcast commune. I perfect because nobody's making any money. Exactly. We're all just living in our own separate hovels, uh eating out of a communal food trough. I love it. Uh okay. On that Someday. on that on that lovely image of the communal podcast food trough. Um this was, this was good. I'm glad that we finally found an excuse to force ourselves to do this. And I really genuinely look forward to doing some more. So um, I, I feel comfortable saying there will be more episodes of the Avatar Returns in the future. Stay tuned. Um, and uh, if you have ideas or suggestions, please, you know, uh, reach out to us. Um, you can find all the links to the episodes that we've done before this on our website, theavatarreturns.com. Uh, Arlo will also post links to us, this, hint, hint, on our parent show site, gobbledygeekpodcast.com. Um, or you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, if you do that, please rate us or write us a review. There's a lot of lovely reviews on there, but I would love some more. That really helps uh, keep the word out. Since we've been quiet for so long, anything you could do 
to remind people that we exist would be appreciated. Uh, and like I said, if you uh, if you want to reach out to us with any ideas for future shows or any comments, uh, please send your correspondence. Man, it's been so long since I've got to do this. <laughs> please send your correspondence to Monkey Yahtzee at TAR Podcast. Monkey Yahtzee. Monkey Yahtzee. Yeah, at TAR Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, you can always find us on social media, uh, facebook.com slash the avatar returns uh, or twitter.com slash TAR podcast. And on Twitter, I am at haunt1013. Eric is at salon, that's S A A L O N. And Arlo is at Arlo Likes Movies. So, guys, thanks for, for coming back, for coming out of retirement to do this. You know what? Great. Thanks for having us. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm generous that way. I'm I'm only back for monkey Yahtzee, but <laughs> oh, man, we need to have a plush monkey Yahtzee that we can sell. Oh, we really we do. Need a, we need a merch store. Maybe maybe someday. So, anyways, guys, uh, I don't we... know. I, I don't think uh, merch stores and communes go together. The oh, whole that's capitalism. True. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll sell our About monkey. Excommunicated. We'll, we'll sell our plush monkey Yahtzee for food vouchers or something. I don't know. Seeds, <laughs> seed packets. Anyways, uh, since we're not actually, I don't have any new episodes to quote. We don't have a clever outro uh, tagline or anything for the podcast. So I'll just say thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back. Yeah. I'm an avatar, yeah, I'm Arabin and gotta have it all You know where I'm headed, tryna talk to God on my prayers Sending came up out the fog with a player's ethic I'm a dog, I don't care really, I do what I want Why you scared, silly, drink them from my walk What a rare feeling, hear it when I talk, let the fear kill him I'm an avatar, yeah, I'm Arabin and I'm an avatar, yeah, I'm Arabin I'm an avatar, yeah, I'm Arabin and I'm an avatar, yeah, I'm Arabin This shit got me flexing, I'm thanking the Lord for protection